0: Assalamualaikum
1: how are you? Waalaikum Assalam I'm good, how are you? I'm good too, our very first episode, we've finally done it. Finally man, I'm I'm so looking forward to this now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why Arthur is laughing is because we've had quite a few takes that we thought were not good enough for episode 1. Even though we started the podcast, we thought we were totally fine, if we we to do, to were mm, yeah. professional. <laughs> yeah podcasters, you know, we have to nail, hit the nail on the head the first time around, True. but as it seems, we are struggling to get the first episode out, so, there's recording these out. I- yeah, yeah. so yeah.
1: that's another frustration, but yeah, let's let, you know, it happens, I guess. This is how we learn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for some context, uh, what is this podcast? What is the format? Um, so this, the, this podcast is basically, um, uh, the idea behind this podcast is that Arthur and I usually have these conversations where I'm eating Arthur's brain. And Arthur being ever so great, Arthur being ever so magnanimous uh, gives me this super comprehensive and is very patient with me providing these incredible answers. And uh, one of these days I thought, okay, it'll be be a great idea if there is a way for us to be able to distribute this content. And since audio format is so much easier, or so we think, um, and also preserves that natural form of conversation between two people. I thought camp hey, podcast issue, but the format is So the format is something like this. It's going to be a 20 minute podcast. What unstructured. Ka, sah hoga. this I mean, We're trying to preserve that normal, you know, that conversational element to it. Um, we might struggle at the start, but hopefully, you know, once you get familiar to our voices and our, to our faces, um, it's going to be much smoother. And at this stage, we're going to focus on product management. And the tech ecosystem. Um, over majority of the Pakistani tech ecosystem, but obviously, you know, that's we don't want to limit ourselves to only that. Um, we're going to talk about some of the more interesting news and some of the more happening news within the tech ecosystem, within the startup ecosystem. Um but our primary goal is to talk about product management, a product management product manager Product management is just one of those functional areas which involves almost all. Which, which involves a lot more. And you know, without, before I start on a monologue on what it is, I'll let the expert here talk about it. Um and uh, today's episode is basically going to focus around SaaS businesses. And within SaaS um we're going to talk about Figma. And Figma recently made news. Mm. Um it got acquired by Adobe for twenty billion dollars. Um and continuing on that theme, we'll also talk about a more local acquisition cloudways, which got acquired for 30, $350 million dollars. So wow. million million mm-hmm. ka fark hai thoda, or billion, but hopefully soon enough. Um, um, so the goal is that in dono, both these startups that got acquired, one is local, one is international, one is obviously magnitudes bigger than the other one, but, um, they're both SaaS business models. And I think, ke, um, that's, you know, the person that we're speaking with Arthur, as I've already spoken about this in my intro, um, is a guru when it comes to uh, when when it comes to you know software as a service um so hopefully we can extract some of the insights from that thoda sa mm-hmm. lamba intro ho yeah, but um hopefully we
1: uh, yeah, a a i'm going of, to call uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: by the way what's that background noise i think i, I don't know whether that the audience can hear it or not but i think there's there's the basically two different kinds of noises that i made. if like, someone is like crying or screaming <laughs> or maybe like, Godzilla.
1: and then there's some music or something. Uh, but uh, I sorry about that. Yeah, basically, I so Canada So, Canada's problem is, is that the walls <laughs> are very thin. Because it's basically made of wood, not, not concrete or brick or anything like that. So, now it's time to play outside. We're playing playground the playground. And my kids aren't There's just like random <laughs> kids are playing. And my neighbor's neighbor, he is so... Uh, Let's just say that a shocking so he's currently drumming <laughs> and I think he's like on his like us, har Saturday ek concert करता है जो a sort of uska, uh, you know uh, inadvertently listener or audience बन जाता and उसकी uh, karaoke karti, hai, which uh, is not the, the most pleasant voice at all. Oh, wow. So, uh so sorry for that uh apologies in advance like if you hear a few uh, you know a few of these rifts coming in uh, through the microphone
0: no well, that's completely okay um may, I was just about to say that you probably end up getting a free concert but you said that um,
1: <laughs> yeah it's not I'm that assuming, enjoyable
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming you're not a fan of yeah. the music all right um mm. without further ado Arthur so let's de- um, dive into it. <laughs> Um, before I talk about Figma and, or Cloudways specifically, I would like to understand that actually SaaS is what it is. And you know, I, a SaaS or B, what what actually makes it so interesting in terms of a business model? Why you know we've, yeah. if anyone's read this interesting article by Anderson, very, not just interesting but an mm-hmm. incredibly popular article, which is called Why Soft uh, Why Software is Going to Eat the World. Um, and I'll link it to the podcast also, but, uh, on to, to you Arthur. what, what's so interesting about this business
1: model and, um, what is SAS? Yeah. Uh, so SAS, uh, when you look at, uh, what it means a software as a service. And ultimately what you're trying to do is provide a software on the cloud, uh, which is accessible from anywhere, um, over the internet and, uh, you're providing value to the user that way. Um, and essentially any internet business uh, in modern era is is uh, of a SaaS nature Obviously, uh obviously I mean, there are different flavors which we can get into later on but you know some examples are you know your Mailchimp and your intercoms miro canva notion all of these are examples of SaaS businesses now then you've got b2b and b2c or bo bifurcation which increasingly is creating a gray area now like even so but uh, yeah, so any uh, cloud-based service, yeah, internet-based service, uh, uh, which is available in a subscription model uh, where you can just go and... Uh uh, either through a salesperson or either through like product-led growth, a uh, PLG model, you can get access to that without having to deploy it on a physical system yourself or, you know, Jopu Pran, Zaman, Milt, like a server deployment, your on-premise deployment. So that's that's your SaaS. And I think the initial players in this business was Intuit and Salesforce, they sort of like started this trend back in the early 2000s and now it's blown up to this billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry where we have so many players uh, uh, working alongside it and now we've... Uh, as we can see, we're seeing massive exits as well. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think uh, what it uh, does is ultimately democratizes software; it gives access to people. Remote teams can work on it now because uh, everything's on the internet, and you get access to your data uh, across devices and uh, as well. So, so SaaS is sort of uh, um, you know that generic umbrella term for all those uh, softwares. And uh, uh, and why it's such an interesting business model and why it's close to my heart. I think with SaaS, I think, A, it's very, even as a product manager, it's very iterative. So you can innovate and do a lot of uh, um, updates and enhancements on the fly. So as opposed to an on-premise environment or a desktop application, which forces someone to update. Um, And then there's a lot of uh, interesting data and experimentation that you can do with the SaaS business. But that's from a product's perspective. And obviously, we may expand into PLG later on. But from a business perspective, um, agar aap dekha jai, toh, to start a SaaS business, especially up to a crowded market, it's a very red ocean market. But if you do find a niche where you can deploy uh, a, a solution to a user problem uh, through through software as a service, then uh, ye hai you have great uh, gross margins, 30 to 50% gross margins. And why that happens is because you have a software now that's there. To acquire a user, of course, have marketing budget, but to serve them, the serve the first user and the second user and then the thousandth user up incremental cost it other You can ultimately use that same software to serve them equally well. And that's why it becomes very interesting because up growth scale is exponential profitability if done well. Obviously there are bad SaaS uh, applications with poor unit economics as well but uh, profitability is something that you can also ensure in my ex- experience mm-hmm. many the a products recruitment product talentera that was also a profitable product 20% product profits are um, our abhi and even with pricing being uh, uh, updated every now and then we're, we're still uh, profitable in that respect so so though that's a, that's a you know a quick intro into saas hope that uh, helps right.
0: I think that's a very comprehensive,
1: um, kind
0: of it, it provides a very comprehensive analysis of the business model and also touches upon exactly what's been some of the reason why recently it's made a lot of news because, um, it's been something that's become a darling for the investors and actually that it's a very good segue for me to bring up two SaaS businesses that have recently made news so let's talk about figma um so figma like you know i remember i'm sure you and i both probably noticed that when figma's acquisition news which is basically k okay, figma got acquired for 20 billion dollars by adobe um and it's uh 10 i think it's a 50 50 division in it's a 10 billion dollar cash transaction and a 10 billion dollar stock transaction um, and so it's a huge deal. I don't know where it ranks in terms of, um, in terms of the value for how much money has been paid for an acquisition, but I'm sure it's definitely in the top five. Anyways, so what a figma? A SCS Joe, I know you use, I know I use, I know you use probably as product managers, as uh, you know anyone that's working in a startup has most definitely come across figma. Um, yeah. So, up you know, a lot has been said about whether it, what's going to, what's the future of Figma, okay, mm-hmm. whether it made sense for Adobe to pay such a high price for it, given that it paid a mm-hmm. hundred multiples of Figma's, if I'm not wrong, Figma's predicted ARR, um, by the end of this year, it's predicted to be hundred around two hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. um, and Adobe paid obviously twenty billion dollars, which is a hundred times that. So, this is multiple, hai, 100 times here. Uh, at least in a- our recessionary um, mm-hmm. environment, where um, yep. capital markets have been squeezed, where the mm-hmm. cost of capital has increased a lot, um, mm-hmm. does not make sense. But obviously, um, it's very hard to always just boil the yeah. acquisition down to a financial equation. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to... We're not going to talk too much about it because neither of us are financial experts, um, mm-hmm. nor merger, merger and acquisition experts. But I do want to talk about one thing. Fig, Let's talk about this. Why did Why do you think Figma? Why do you think Adobe acquired Figma? Um, yeah. Which I think is going to unlock a lot of insights and it's going to help us drive the conversation forward.
1: Yeah, no, I think it makes sense for Adobe to uh, do that. that. Adobe for the longest while has tried to get into the collaboration uh, cloud uh, creative market as well. And they wanted uh, uh, their cloud products to take off. Uh, and you need to understand that Figma competitor heavy gone. It's not Photoshop, which some people uh, sort of misplace. It's actually Adobe XD. Adobe XT wasn't a bad product, but right. like it, it has had traction and whatnot. Uh, and they ultimately also created a, a PLG model out, out of it as well. Like it never took off as, as popularly as, as Figma because of Figma just had superior network effects and their growth loops were just amazing. Um, and I think Adobe very quickly realized ki future jo hai, uh and this is a multi-billion dollar industry, uh, collaboration cloud. Mein. All of these uh, are collaboration software that are built for remote teams. And now in this post-pandemic era, I think uh, hybrid teams and remote teams are just going to become the norm. So therefore, everything is going to be remote first. And Adobe realization that desktop products so obviously the bread and butter. Collaboration, they don't have that kind of a... Uh, stronghold or that growth pattern that Figma was showing. So for them, it, it was, it just made a lot of sense to acquire. Now, whether the price point was uh, good uh, the right one or not, I, I, I'm not going to delve too much into it, but I can say Figma's growth thi, um, ke it was posing an existential crisis to Adobe. And I think that's why they sort of buckled as well uh, at a point where they sort of said, ke, yaar, if we don't nip the bud right now, i think uh, later on it'll become exponentially expensive for us so i think that was a uh, uh, one of the considerations that they were making and it just made sense for them to um do that the other aspect to this is the fact that i, I think not many people know okay uh figma had no reason to sell ke uber, ke, and the, uh, i think Kareem wanted to sell themselves because unit economics were still in the red so uber needed to acquire them and uh, um, Oh, and what, I mean, there was a negotiation pact over there. Figma was in no hurry. I mean, who was saying that? Because Dylan Field is sitting there, talking to talking, saying, "I'm working hard. I'm chilling." Uh, Adobe wanted them because uh, they needed to, and thus they had to sweeten the deal, right? That's not the only thing. That you want ten billion dollars valuation, and you're going to They want incentives, and they wanted, wanted much more to, to basically uh, put the foot in the door. The second part to that, I think, what they, what needs to be realized is that it's not—it's uh, also a sort of acqui-acquire uh, as well, right? So what that means is it's not the acquisition of the software, and then Adobe is just gonna somehow integrate Figma into it. Uh, Dylan Field and a couple of his, you know, uh, like high-level directors, yeah, you know, colleagues, they're also moving into the Adobe umbrella. And, uh, and Dylan uh, will still remain the leader for, uh, for driving Figma. And that was crucial. Because I that the main thing that we want is those, that talent or that think tank that was driving the growth uh, over there. Figma wouldn't have been what it is right now. So for that, they had to shell out, I think, a separate $2 billion, uh, uh, to, to, and, and that too, in, you know, uh, I think apparently in stocks or whatnot, uh, to keep, to make a Dylan come over and uh, as well as uh, his mates. So so that was also another bump into the price as well. So I, I can't comment whether Adobe overpaid, uh, that I guess uh, we'll see in, in time, but uh, it definitely did make sense if Adobe wants to rule the creative uh, cloud market uh, for them to acquire Figma and definitely at this time.
0: I think yeah. you, you touched upon the fact that it became an existential crisis for Adobe. Um, the, Figma's growth became an existential crisis to, to Adobe. But again, if we talk about direct competition, then Figma, Adobe's sketch, which is basically the direct product-to-product comparison um, for collaborative design work, if we it, it's sketching. Like, was Figma bank... So, just want to get this, uh, just want to get this understanding properly. So, are you hmm. saying that Figma, Adobe thought about that Sketch or Figma or collaborative design work is going to be the future, or is going to become a very significant part um, of their business model. But Sketch did not allow them, just Sketch was not able to tap into the same market that Figma was uh, in the sa- in the, and in the same way that Figma was able to. So, um, and the reason I'm asking is because obviously if people who are Adobe users also know that Adobe, ke to ke, there is a entire product suite that comes with it, right? You mm-hmm. um photoshopping that is a different liye, ek adobe xd hota hai. so after that you have a tool video editing ke liye, ka, like, tool hai, unka. Um, similarly I don't know whether it's the same tool or not just a mm-hmm. disclaimer I have, I don't use Adobe tools and I probably will not use Adobe tools so if I'm in any way messing the messing the order up or the, or the terminology yeah. please do forgive me but what I'm trying to say is that mm-hmm. Direct competition ka Adobe as a whole Figma is with Figma. No,
1: absolutely. No, tha, and I, I'm not sure if it's Sketch. It's Adobe XD. That's actually their their uh, prototyping tool or more of the interface design tool. Sketch is apparently uh, a separate entity if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I, I think they can adopt a problem. Uh, Figma clearly was just doing a better job uh, in, in that, uh, in the growth dynamics, right? The sketch ke and there definitely tha, but we'll, we can get into the growth part ke Figma was successful not to limit their product to just a designer, uh, pool of, uh, audience, right? Agar aap sketch ka dekhte hain, Adobe XD ka dekhte hain, primary user hai koon? Primary user designer hi hai. UX designers, okay, graphic designers, et okay. But Figma is being used by everyone. You also use hain, Product managers and non-designers. Hain. Engineers hain, collaborate Then you've got like traditional designers, UX designers who are working on it. So they managed to make it uh, a much more general pool of uh, personas. And and that also like uh, sort of uh, spurred on their growth. Plus the community-led and the sales-led part. So they, they just had a much more massive uh, uh, growth engine uh, compared to what uh, Adobe had already put out there and uh, from a collaboration perspective uh, i think figma uh, just uh, that uh, collaborative interface and the user experience was just far more superior and and people uh, sort of uh, gravitated towards that and that ultimately led to um, you know the, the the idea that adobe wanted figma to be a part of their their suite uh, although they i don't think they're going to completely integrate it or uh, consume it uh, they'll still keep it as a separate entity but it uh, they've sort of like uh, nullified uh, the competition.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, actually you're absolutely right. I just confirmed it. Sketch is Adobe x confused. Sketch is actually another competitor to is mm-hmm. actually oh, it's a tool, is. A, tool uh, a tool very similar to Figma and Adobe XD. Um, yeah. but it's a, it's not, it's not a part of Adobe's product suite. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, anyway, so that's interesting. And yeah, I agree. Um, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, when it comes to Figma, there's one more thing that I'd like to discuss before we probably move on to some other topic, um, mm-hmm. is that K a lot of the times and a lot of the articles that I've read, um, and we've had this conversation as well, K a Figma is the perfect personification for this terminology that throws around quite mm-hmm. liberally now, which is product. Yeah. And so what I'd like to understand is Kim, what is product-led growth? Can you help us demystify that? Because I think almost everything right these days is termed as product-led growth, even though it might not might be, mm-hmm. um, and how was Figma able to just really consolidate, um, on their earlier product-led growth, you know, growth strategies, growth groups mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. this incredible startup that this incredible company that it ended up becoming?
1: right right so let's start with product led growth uh, what did it, what is it so essentially it's a go to market strategy it's a, it's a way you sort of introduce your product or give it into the hands of the user where the product itself is responsible for acquisition activation retention uh so the product is front and center of all those activities uh the best way to understand it is in contrast to slg which is sales led growth typical b2b soft, software kis bikta Uh, we we see a lot of these uh, examples where you go to a marketing site for a product, you sort of understand what the features are and you get interested, you sort of submit a demo request a salesperson uh, gets on a call with you, shows you the entire software and then if you sign a contract they give you access to it, right? So that's the typical model. Product-led growth you cut the middleman. So now it's a self-serve model. You go you understand what the product is, you sign up, and you go straight into the product and try to extract value out of it. Then there are different flavors uh, to it, like premium yeah, karte ho, free trial karte ho. Now, one thing that I will caution against is that don't think that um, that uh, product-like growth is just premium uh, and free trial. Some people na. That, yeah, okay, that that's basically what you're doing. Well, whereas that's not the case. Product-like growth is a pure mindset where the entire company gets involved. So what that basically means is that Everything from pricing to uh, the tiers that you have uh, and how you do sort of distrib- distribute the features across it, then the onboarding journey into the uh, the first uh, uh, aha moment, uh, very quick time to value, all of that. Then the retent- retention controls, the activation controls that you have, and uh, then there's certain signals that you're sending to sales teams for for uh, you know understanding which accounts uh, can be upgraded or cross sold, um, and. Along with that, uh, billing bhi hoti billing, then then you're trying to expand those accounts as well, land and expand models. Um, so all of that goes into uh, uh, the product-led growth mindset. And uh, even your sales and marketing team completely change how they operate uh, because of that. So PLG is is far more uh, you know involved than than just a, a freemium uh, layer on that. So it's not a weekend project. It's just... Uh, do, hackathons aur ho um, it requires a lot of uh, iterations in that respect. Um, to your second question, why Figma is uh, sort of the great uh, epitome of a uh, uh, product like growth, I'll try to keep this short. I, I know that we might want to expand into specifics later on. But it offered a freemium model, which is a bit different from Adobe XD. I think they went with a free trial. So, had premium raka and uh, they allowed uh, for a certain number of uh, designs to uh, be, you know, uh, that that users could make. But they unhone collaborators kafi open rakhe, to How many collaborators can come on a design and and uh, and work on a particular file? So, so that basically had uh, very inherent network effects. Ousme kafi logo involved and and they were able to use the software. But their onboarding journey, their sign up, their pricing. Given their a free tier, tier the education is completely free. Tha. That was very smooth. It was extremely thin when it came to, um, you know, getting access to the product and creating your first design and sharing it. It was literally that time to value was very short. So that was great. And then uh, I think we'll talk about growth loops. Uh, Figma's growth loops were just mind-blowing. Case study, Harvard ki ke kis basically designed um, and how they sort of uh, made it uh, accessible, not within the team, but also across teams then across companies, and then then it blew up. And then there was a sales-led motion on top of that that laid, they layered on um, before they layered on the community-led uh, motion, which we can go into detail as well. we lengthy uh, discussion. But uh, yeah, um, Figma was, you know, all these components, as uh, many described, they, they sort of like perfected that uh, through and through.
0: And I think one of the we are absolutely correct. And I think uh, you, you, did, I, you touch pretty much everything that, um, in terms of growth loops, one thing that generally Figma key success be, or if you look at some of my other favorite tools and some of the tools that have done very, very well over the past few years, when it comes to SaaS um, tools like notion, Miro is the essence of collaborative work. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, company, um, and it's it's it completely confounds me, gay, you know, how some of the best companies and some of the best founders and some of the best products are so forward looking. I mean, when Notion started or even when Figma started or when Miro started, I mean no one could have predicted ke chahi, Like, pandemic over Joe aapka remote work or global like upka remote work, collaborative work on a global scale is going to be expedited so much so, right? The concept of an office will no longer be something mm. that it's a, it's, 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 I don't think we understand it fully yet, but the idea that we have, um, the way that we, as an entire, j- j- all over the world, we've been able to, mm. um, essentially adopt to remote work.
1: Um, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal, I think. Yeah. Uh but can And it's not only remote work, uh, like I would say that even if you're, uh, you know, co-located and you're working within the same physical location, at the end of the day, you're not always hopping into another desk and and trying to collaborate on the same system. Even in those environments, that collaboration, uh, being able to do it over the cloud and not, you know, (laughs) dropbox files share and then we're sending attachments on email. At least I'm a dinosaur in terms of that. So that's the era that I associate with. So even in those environments, it's just uh, th- it, it's just a no-brainer now uh, for the likes of Miro, Notion, Figma, and so on so forth.
0: Yeah, and I, and you're right, right. Um, and so, uh, the reason why I brought up the pandemic and hmm. remote work took care is just one of it's it's just it's a phenomena that is just essentially has enabled or really furthered the usage of these tools of these tools that uh that champion yeah. collaborative work. But what I want to talk about is that why that has been, why collaboration, why their why collaborative work has been so central to Figma success, right? Hmm. Because, and a lot of it is deep rooted into thinking that if I tell someone who is not in startups, who's, who is not in technology, if I tell you Figma, hai to, main, how is the way... Ha, ha, what is the way that I'm going to tell you, right? If I have to categorize it, I'm going to say it's a design tool, but it's so much Mm. more than that, because I think it's an equal equal amount is used by product managers. It's been used by product. It's mm. being, it's, it is used by product designers, but at the same time, and one thing that I think what, uh, what you could not have probably foreseen a few years ago is the amount of insight and feedback that is also coming from people at, um, at the, or at at the C-suite level or Mm -hmm. right at the top of the hierarchy, um, in terms of the feedback that can be incorporated into the design work and it's not, and I don't say this lightly, right. Um, it has been enabled through Figma and through Mm -hmm. collaborative tools because what it has done is that it has brought everyone on the same table and that kind of, like you said, that it's completely agnostic to the type of file you have. You can use yep, an image, you can use screenshot. Yeah, um, yeah, you can yeah. very much run up, like, you know, up yeah. like I saw these templates that you can run standups, um, on Figma, right? Yeah, yeah and so absolutely. That, that kind of dynamics, like for example, being so dynamic has been one of the reasons why it's become so easy to adopt to this one. Okay. I've mm-hmm. gone on for too long, but I want to understand from your perspective, yeah. Okay. this specific element of the, of collaborative work, um, yeah. and why did the bank on it at such an early stage?
1: Yeah, I think uh, uh, Dylan Field was very bullish about this. That they they announced their war over Adobe day one. Uh, or TechCrunch Cooper U B article I they said that design is meant to be collaborative and Adobe just simply doesn't get it, right? And then they just basically went all in. Uh, I think. Uh, with collaboration and, and what they basically saw was that the current state of affairs was broken. Aaj, just Adobe Photoshop, agar aap baat karte hain, the main export file of Adobe Photoshop in all its uh, in, uh, jo richness was PSD file. Hoti thi. I've been there and I, I don't know if you've been in that era ke, uh, you know, PSD files, yeah, EPS files, I don't have the software installed in, in my laptop or my PC, and then I'm unable to view it or comment on it, right? So that was a big, major hurdle. Yeah, I'm not part of that conversation. It's a very design-centric um, uh, artifact, uh, which maybe, you know, it, may I, I might get involved by by if they export into a JPG or uh, or a PNG, I think a second, a lesser tool uh, to solve that problem was Envision InVision was a very big motion. It where they uh, enabled at least that conversation to start happening, right? Where designers put their designs on Envision, they coll- you know brought in people and collaborated with them, and then uh, this allowed product managers, non-designers to also become a part of that conversation, at least collaborate over design. So... Uh, collaboration to it was part and parcel in the dna of every business the only thing was that the, that process was horribly broken and uh, and i think um envision or figma was sort of like that perfect evolution where they said that you tool tool cube up design bhi which envision didn't really provide at that time okay you tool pay up interface design bhi kare, components together templates together which will allow you to quickly uh, chalk up a, a great design ecq up collaboration the career of people can chime in in real time look at what the blocks are and you know how to uh to sort of uh, solve that uh uh you know that design problem i think it's also in recent years agar those are thus so those are theivity bar that design was never a major concern for for a lot of these uh, uh, ventures. or design always used to come second. Zada engineering, how can we engineer a solution? But the design after you know, with the advent of Apple is era, I think it just became so much important and evident to people that if we are to act give access to lesser savier users, you just have to simplify design. So design became such a central uh, gravitational force it couldn't have been done just by designers. It had to involve business analysts to product managers to CEOs, et cetera. So they knew that that was going to be the centrifugal uh, component. And that's where, where they bet on it. And I think Figma essentially, file right? there's no file. You just log in and, and you're in and uh, you can collaborate. And that was the bet that they were playing on at. And, uh, and now we can see with all these other software that uh, that's the motion or that's the movement that we're headed towards. Yeah.
0: All right, perfect. I think um, we've talked about Figma a lot. Um, one other SaaS start, one other SaaS company that's made a lot of nouns, um, but, but albeit in a more local context, has been Cloudways. So, um, Cloudways is basically a Pakistani SaaS startup. It's not registered in Pakistan, as is common with almost all Pakistani startup and technology businesses, um, mm-hmm. because Keramari policy is not favorable. To companies being registered here and it it becomes very difficult to be able to attract private capital. That is a topic for another day. Um but can anyway so cloud is a Pakistani startup. Pakistani company was able to get acquired by DigitalOcean, which is a which is a company that's listed if I'm not wrong, it's listed on Nasdaq in US mm. and mm. it got acquired for $350 million. That's the biggest acquisition wow. in Pakistani history. Um, and Mm. it's a SaaS business, and, um, it's one of the reasons why it's, why I have been so absolutely psyched about this is that we finally have an exit, right. Um, over the past couple of years our we have celebrated our entrepreneurs and rightly so, but we have judged them primarily on their capacity to be able to raise money, which is extremely important because I think that's, that's really, you know, that's the, that's the match that starts the fire. Um. But when it comes to signaling to investors out there that we, you know, that it's not just uh, a gimmicky opportunity. It's actually something that is going to turn out. It's actually something that's going to turn out to be um, extremely beneficial for you. It's going to bring returns is what I'm trying to say. Um, And with this acquisition, we've finally been able to do that or at least in a, in a very successful way. We've seen the first acquisitions that got acquired by Alibaba. Um, yeah. and similarly, uh, I think it was some microfinance bank that got acquired by this Nordic firm. Telenor, ka tha, wo rukhe, mujhe exactly I don't remember exactly what it was. But in was
1: Taze.
0: Yeah. Taze was recently, right? Okay. I'll about it But anyways, mm-hmm. that's irrelevant. Um, it, it, it didn't happen on such a big scale and it definitely didn't happen within SaaS. Um, so extremely excited about that. What is your take you on this?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely very exciting news. I think, again, very underrated uh, given how much we were talking about funding, fundraising last year. I think uh, this sort of uh, went by us uh, without uh, uh, much noise. Uh, and I think it deserves a bit more recognition for a Pakistan-based, uh, primarily Pakistan talent company. I think that they're based in Malta, but uh, ultimately it's driven leadership and, and the talent and engineers and developers, designers, etc. they sit in, in Pakistan. Gary Tech is the, I think, the parent company of that. So uh, the acquisition, I think, obviously this again reaffirms uh, the fact that uh, we do have talent uh, within the country to build uh, globally admired applications and software as a SaaS. Um, we are able to uh, also provide that leadership to to gain that traction um, uh, and and really compete on a global level. So that just that that's another uh, confirmation of that fact. Uh, the other thing it does is that obviously, as you just mentioned, Cape, um, fundraising to both other exits are, are the ones that really, uh, sort of solidify trust, especially from an investor point of view. So having an, an exit of that massive amount of uh, $350 million and mind you, like cloudways is the, in a busy market. Like they, they sort of compete with the likes of Digital Ocean, uh, well, Digital Ocean is well, who it's, well, acquired them, but they DreamHost, BlueHost, WP Engine, OGA. So they're they're competing against big players. Um, so to catch the uh, attention of Digital Ocean, which is also a pretty big name in that uh, cloud computing space, uh, that is definitely an achievement, um, and it should also hopefully give a, a bit more of a reason coming back to our initial point of you know going towards the SaaS route. SaaS um, की you can easily globalize that uh, very quickly uh, and Cloudways with that infrastructure uh, as a service offering um, they were able to you know build up a global product and and serve like so many customers uh, outside. Which ultimately fuel their growth and uh, up fifty two million dollars ARR, no joke, right? So I think yes, this is this is definitely a case study that needs to be unpacked a bit more. I hope they come out and share a li- little bit of their learnings uh, and democratize that across uh, the founders uh, within within uh, uh, Pakistan. And I hope okay, more people also look towards like SaaS models like these um, and uh, and try to go into that and pursue pursue that further. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and I think more than anything, um, it couldn't have come at a better time. You know, we know that the funding has been somehow restricted. It, it, people are still being able to raise yeah. money, I think so, we're still on the mark to surpass what we raised last year. But obviously, it's not the same growth rate. Um, mm. and the care generally the way that the market is around the world right now. Um, hmm. we're in a very recessionary environment, private capital True. has been has not been as easily available um, or as cheaply available as it was even like six months or a year ago. So, a- and ob- and then, ye to ek world, global scale, but the impact. But it's the impact comes to uh, the, the risky markets, right? Risky markets like Pakistan have to face the worst of it. Have to face the brunt of it um because you know obviously when in such environments the risk appetite for people decreases and the, um, uh, if the risk appetite be decreased and these investments um in developing countries and for us which you know as we all know recently have been marred by economic challenges climate change challenges political challenges mm-hmm. so it becomes an even more risky environment so yep. Yep. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great news and i think it couldn't have come at a better time and it probably will be it will serve as a reminder and will serve as an inspiration for many founders out there to keep mm-hmm. your head down and just keep working and you know somewhere along the land the an opportunity will come knocking down the road um mm-hmm. all right I think we're coming to a close for our episode um so sure. I'm going to as part so Hamari Har episode ke basically um jo last section hota hai, usme hum se unke favorite content jo consume hai throughout the week we ask about that and we also uh, try to link it to one, to a learning that can, you know, be to a learning for product managers. So Arthur, hmm. what has been that one piece of content you've consumed that you would recommend for our readers? Um, and what do you think it's, what lesson do you think, or what learning do you think it gets to,
1: um, you know, very basic product managers like myself? Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend uh, uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, I think it's also available on his Twitter by uh, uh, Lenny Richitskyka podcast, uh, which he's done with Shriyaz Doshi uh, on a framework called LNO, which is Leverage Neutral Overhead. Um, And um, Usme, basically what Shriyaz has described is is a very interesting framework and and a problem of, uh, and and tries to pose a solution for time management uh, for product managers. As you can know, as you can see, Kip, calendars and it's just very difficult to take out time to, to get anything done. And then even those double booking or triple booking, slot, which is a very you know very normal thing for me. Um, and ultimately what he sort of uh, suggested was that we will get a lot of tasks in our queue, but not every task deserves the same amount of quality and attention that, uh, uh, others do. And you might have to uh, purposefully do a certain task at a lower uh fidelity uh, than others leverage task so an overhead task might be i'm just giving an example might be something like where you're filing in a ticket uh, uh for a very very nominal bug or nominal defect so you don't have to like pretty it up or or really uh, spend hours in in trying to uh, get a very detailed uh, synops- synopsis for that. You can just basically, uh, you know, create that ticket, give them enough details for the repro steps and and submit it. Similarly, some presentation that you can share internally. Don't spend too much time in prettying it up and then focus on the aesthetics. Just get the job done and, and do it. So that's one example. But high leverage tasks. just you know, product strategy, a prioritization, deep thinking. Where you're trying to do solution design or uh, you're doing user research. Uske liye time, chahiye, and then those are the things that you need to prioritize. So he's given a very um, a very tactical framework. Just may yeh, depth me describe karta. Check out Lenny Richitsky's uh, podcast with him. Also, check out his Twitter, Shrias Doshi, uh, where he does describe and unpack the LNO framework. So that's my recommendation.
0: Two, two, uh, two of my absolute favorite influences when it comes to product management. Um All right. Thank you so
1: much, Arthur. It was a pleasure. See you next week. Um, Thank you, take care, assalamu alaikum, love is.